Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The One Man Show. I'm your host, Kay Salozzi. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully everybody's doing well. This is episode three, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, today's topic really is going to be my travels from high school in Amman, Jordan to Oregon State University, our beautiful, wonderful university. And again, big shout out to Orange Media Network for providing all this equipment providing all the resources for us to be able to do this. And, and to be honest with you, I, I love this university for that reason. But before I get off into the weeds, uh, I do want to talk to you guys about how I made it to Oregon State University. And it's almost as wild as my travels to the state of Oregon. Um, it all began back in 2005, early 2005, when I was about to graduate high school in Amman, Jordan. And you know, Back in 2005, and it, it probably still is kind of the same way nowadays, you know, you have this status quo when you're in high school and you want to get into uh, universities and get accepted to fancy universities or at least into a university in general. I knew what a community college was, but I didn't know how valuable it was back then. All I wanted to do was get accepted into a university once I graduated in high school from the 12th grade. Now, early in the beginning of 12th grade, like I said, I, I had been living in Amman, Jordan this whole time, going to a high school called Modern American School. And in the beginning of 12th grade, my dad came to me and he said, listen, son, he's like, I don't, I don't see a reason why you should go to the United States and study at a university there. And he, he blew me away. I, I like that had been my plan from the very beginning. And I said, how come? And he's like, well, you know, if you're going to study some regular major like political science or history or something that he knew that I was going to go into that field, he said, why, why go to the United States and have to pay rent and have to go through all the troubles of just being, you know, responsible and having to work and stuff like that? Not that he didn't want me to be responsible, but he knew what kind of hardships it would be to have to go to university and uh, work and pay rent and, you know, do all this kind of stuff. And I'd be away from my, my family. So we'd have to, you know, cook on my own and do all kinds of stuff that was going to be difficult. He knew he, he had, he had gone to Oregon state university, uh, and had left Amman Jordan, you know, when he was 18. So he kind of been through it. And, but you know, when you're young and you're 18 and, you know, and, and I'm in Amman Jordan amongst my peers, I'm one of the few people that, that had an American passport, and even the other people that did have American passports, they went to university, American University of Sharjah, American University of Cairo. Uh, they went to Israel. They uh, stayed in Jordan, went to different universities. I was There was only like maybe three or four of us of the graduating class of 05 that went to a university in the United States. And of us that went to university in the United States, only like two of us maybe completed it, went all the way through. The, a few that did come here to the U.S., uh, I, I don't know if they dropped out or they transferred back, but I know that they didn't continue their studies and are currently living back in Amman, Jordan. So when my dad said that to me, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I had already had these plans of moving to the United States and going to university and all this kind of stuff. One day, my uncle my great uncle came to my dad and, and he said, oh, how's Case doing? He was asking about me and, and he asked what universities I got accepted to. And my dad said, actually, uh, I think I'm going to tell Case to stay here and go to University of Jordan. And my uncle was like, why? And my dad told him, he was like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work and this and that and this and that. And my uncle said, so let him go. Let him learn how to be an adult. Let him learn how to be responsible for himself and everything. Plus, you know, he said to my dad, he's like, plus, put your emotions aside. 
Let Case go get a good education in the United States so that he can come back to Jordan and work and have a great job and high paying job. And and obviously, you know, you when you graduate from a university in the United States, it holds a lot more weight than universities around the world. Obviously, there are some universities like Cambridge and Canada and whatnot, but overall, you go to a university in America and graduate, you kind of it has weight to it. All right, let me just just put it like that. So anyway, so my dad comes home, you know, halfway through the school year. And, and you know, we had discussed this many times and it had led to a couple arguments and whatnot. And so he came home one day and he called me into the living room and he said, okay, sit down. So I sat down. He's like, listen, you can go to America and study at a university in America. As soon as he said that, I didn't hear anything else that he said. I mean, I was just I was blown away. And I was excited, right? I mean, he finally, he budged. And it was like, it was almost, to me, it was almost a lost cause. I knew that he wasn't going to budge. And he said, you can go to the United States and study in America, but under a few conditions. So I said, what are they? He's like, one, you got to get amazing grades this year in your 12th grade. I said, okay. I said, what else? He's like, you got to get accepted into a university in the United States. I said, okay, no problem. I said, anything else? He said, one last thing. I said, what? He's like, you got to study to be a doctor. And at that moment, he could have said, you need to study to be the most difficult. He, he could have said anything. He could have said anything. It could have been the most difficult degree out there. And I would have said, that's fine. And so I agreed. I shouldn't have. I, looking back, I shouldn't have said, okay, dad, no problem, whatever you want. Because I didn't realize that sometimes when you pursue a certain degree that you got to have some heart into it. Okay, you got to have some passion. And he told me to be a doctor. And it's not that I didn't have passion or I didn't want to do it. It's just I my heart wasn't into that. I've always wanted to be in politics. I'm glad I didn't go down the politics route, especially in the political climate that we are now. And it just it, it's chaotic and Sometimes I feel like you got to change who you are to be a politician. And I'm a pretty genuine type of person, and I, I'm honest. And not to say politicians aren't honest, but we all know politicians kind of say things to please the people and, and do other things. There are good politicians out there. For all you guys who are studying political science who are listening to this podcast, no offense, I hope you are that person that changes the game. I swear. But that's that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted to be somewhere in the public. I didn't know where at the time. I didn't believe necessarily in myself 100% like I do now. I trust myself to do things now. I didn't necessarily back then. Young, you know, naive, a little intimidated by certain things. And so it just, it just, it was different. So I got accepted to three universities. I got accepted to, to, to the University of Toronto, Ohio State University, and University of North Texas. Well, since my parents had been filing taxes in Texas, even while they were living in Jordan uh, as like foreign income or, or however they were doing it, I was eligible for in-state tuition. And so I, since I got accepted there, I was like, you know, I, even back when I was young and and didn't really care and didn't, wasn't thinking about student debt or anything, I still, when I saw the out-of-state tuition and international tuition at University of Toronto and out-of-state tuition at the Ohio State University, even then I knew that that was crazy money. And so the, the difference in in-state tuition at the university, university of North Texas, I mean, you're talking about a, a $10,000 difference. So I went to University of North Texas. 
And when I got there, it was it was different than what I was used to. Um, it was a lot bigger, and I didn't know anybody. And I had a lot of friends and um, family that lived in Dallas area, and I was living in Denton. And if you know anything about the geography of Texas, it's about an hour and a half, hour, 45-minute distance uh, between them. And so I went to University of North Texas, and I started the pre-med program. Now, I don't know out there if any of you guys have started a pre-med program. I'm sure a ton of you have. It's tough, and it's super intimidating. And at the minute I went to the pre-med orientation, I was like, what did I get myself into? I seriously, I... I I didn't know what, what I was going to do. I, I genuinely was uh, scared, intimidated, nervous, and reluctant to call my father and tell him that I didn't want to do this because I was afraid that he was going to say, okay, yeah, no problem. Just come on back. Come back to Jordan. I didn't want that. So I said, let me give it a try. I began to take some back core classes, and a few months prior to me going to university, I had gotten a job at the local Walmart at, in town. And the thing about it is, is that I had came to the United States in October. And since Texas is a semester system, I didn't actually start till January. And so I had like three or four months of just <laughs> playing, I guess. I didn't really do much. I had a cousin that I lived with that um, I knew from Jordan. And he was super awesome, him and his wife and their little little child, little girl. And they, they didn't charge me any rent. I didn't have to pay any bills, nothing. I just, when I look back, I'm just like, wow, you know, they really did me the favor. And in the Middle Eastern culture, you do stuff like that. And you do stuff like that, it's almost expected. And so when I went to stay with him, I didn't... I mean, I was grateful. Obviously, I was grateful for it. But I was it was almost like, well, he's family. Like, of course, he's going to do that for me. Not knowing the the way the American lifestyle is. I mean, even if you come from overseas and you bring your culture and you bring some of your best attributes, there's things that you have to adjust to when it comes to the United States. And I swear to you, I stayed with him for like six or seven months and not once, not once did he ask me for rent or anything. Like that. So the entire time I was working at Walmart, all the money I was making there, I was, I was just playing with, I was buying clothes. I was going out with my friends and, and driving down to Dallas to meet my friends and family that I had down there. And it just was, uh, uh, just I was just having a lot of fun. So boom, reality hits, right? January, whatever, school started. Went through the program, through the orientation. Now classes have started and I'm super nervous. Like I said before, I'm reluctant to call my father and tell him I don't want to do this. So I'm giving it a try. The friends that I had made while I worked at Walmart, none of them went to school. So none of them really knew the importance of college. Maybe they did, but they didn't necessarily express it. They still wanted me to hang out with them and live that lifestyle that we were living prior to me going to school. And so, I mean, it was all fun and everything. You know, you go to college and, and you, you go to parties and you have fun and you do what you have to do um, as far as socializing. But there's a price. And that price was me not doing well in, in school. And it showed right away. There was a fork in the road. And one day I remember, I think it was like week two of the semester. 
and I finally had gotten my books and we had gone over the syllabuses and we had just started to crack open into the material. And I sat down one day in my room and in Denton, Texas, and I opened up the book and I read the introduction. I swear to you guys, I literally read the introduction to one of my books and I got, I got through the introduction and I said to myself, oh, this isn't so bad. I think I should, I, I'm going to continue before I could get to the first word of the first paragraph. I got a phone call and it was some of my friends that I had worked with uh, at Walmart and they were like, Hey, we're coming up uh, to your house. Let's, we're coming to pick you up. Uh, let's go all, let's go out. Let's go to Dallas. Or I don't even remember what we did, but I remember it was a fork in the road. So I got off the phone. I said, let me call you right back. And I remember looking at my phone and looking at my book and saying to myself, do I finish studying or do I go and hang out? And I swear to you, it was like two paths. And I, I said, I could always come back and study. What if I miss out on something fun today? And it's like I took that path and I just could not get off of it after that. I just took that route. And for that entire semester, I just socialized. So obviously what happens I got bad grades. With bad grades, I was working, you know, I was off of financial aid and, and the university itself was, you know, put me on academic probation. And I got all these emails at the end of the semester and said, hey, and it was so I had started the second semester. So it was summertime. So I had all summer to kind of, you know, I guess collect my thoughts and, and, and do it right the next time. Went to Jordan that summer and was having fun with family and friends and telling everybody, everybody's asking me, oh, how was America? Oh, it was great, you know, and I'm telling them these stories about the university and this and that and how fun it is and how great it is and, and whatnot. Nobody knows that I had done really bad. And, and so I got these emails and it said, hey, you know, we understand. It, 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 basically, it said, it didn't say word for word, but basically it said, we understand that, you know, College students, first time in the first semester, don't necessarily do the greatest. We're going to give you a second chance. We're going to put you on probation. And then once you raise your GPA up, then you can get off probation and so on and so forth. But you need to go to your advisor and all this other stuff, right? And financial aid sent me an email and they said, hey, you know, we have to maintain, you have to maintain a specific grade point average uh, to, to be eligible for financial aid for the remainder of your time at uh, North Texas. And I got all these emails and everybody was giving me this second chance. So I said, oh, OK, you know what? No problem. You know, and I've heard stories in the past of people not doing well. And then they come to the realization that the university is important and then they do what they have to do and, and, they, and they do better. Well, went back to America from Jordan, got, went and saw my advisor, got registered for classes again. And boom, same thing. Couldn't let go of that lifestyle of playing and having fun and going out with friends. And I don't know if it was merely just because I wanted to socialize or it was because I was so nervous and, and intimidated by the subject matter that I was learning. And that was the whole pre-med and biology and chemistry and all this other good stuff that I didn't want to do it. I, I, I said to myself, you know, subconsciously, I was like, I'm not doing this, right? But consciously, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll go and socialize and have fun. I'll come back to it and come back to it. And then I never did. 
And that was just it. Is like I, I just never would come back to it. I would just uh, something would always be more important, yeah, or or something would always come up to where I would give myself the excuse as to why I needed to go and stuff like that. So, fast forward another semester, boom, bad grades. This time the university wasn't playing. Neither was financial aid, and they said, "Listen, you've had two semesters of bad grades. We're going to suspend you from the university." And to me, I had never been suspended before. I mean, I think I got suspended for one day in high school for a, a fight, and that was it. And these guys were talking about suspending me for a whole semester. What am I going to tell my parents? You know, at the time, you know, I, what they th till today. I mean, not just at the time, but till today, what they think about me and the success in my life matters. But back then, I was eighteen. You know, it was like. My parents were still a very big part of my life, and they were sending me money and supporting me and helping with my rent and, and, and everything, food and whatnot. And so it was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So people were telling me, go to community college. You can get your GPA up, and, and there's one down the road and not too far. And I, I said, what? Community college? Me? And I was like, no way. I didn't believe in community college at the time. I was like, that's not for me. So I waited out another semester and then the summer came and I went back to Jordan. And unfortunately, I didn't tell my parents about my situation. And I should have. I should have faced the reality of where my life was going. And I didn't because once again, I didn't want to get sent back to Jordan. Now this is a year and a half of me being at university and I have almost absolutely achieved nothing. And my parents overseas, you know, they, they're miss, they miss me. They want me to be there. They want me to be around them. And, and I'm, I'm wasting all this time. So now fast forward second semester and summer vacation that I had gone home to Jordan and, and spent time with the family and, and, you know, everything's great guys. Yeah, everything's great. You know, and now I come back from America, go to my advisor. Advisor says, case, listen, if you get bad grades one more time, they are going to suspend you for an entire year. I said, no, 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 don't worry. I won't let it happen again. And so she gives me my, my code and we sign up for classes and everything's great, right? I literally could not actually focus. And when I look back, this is, you know, this is 12 years ago. When I look back, I think to myself, you know, what, what was it that was affecting me so much? And part of it was the passion. I, I didn't have any passion in what I, what I was doing. And so I was, to me, everything that I took was dreadful. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. But I didn't want to tell anybody that I couldn't do it. You know, it was like I had like a little pride thing. And at this point, financial aid had stopped giving me financial aid. They said, we're sorry, you're not eligible. Pick up your GPA, then you can come back to us. So I had to go take short-term loans out of North University of North Texas. So the university themselves gave me money instead of financial aid, which to me when I think back, it was way worse because they lock everything up until you pay them their money. So now I can't even transfer anywhere until I pay them money, even if I wanted to. 
And boom, I mess up again and get suspended for an entire year. Oh my God. When I found that out, I was devastated. And not only that, but my mother came to visit me. And I know my mom is probably listening to this podcast. So I apologize. I don't think I've ever even told her this, but I apologize in advance. Okay. <laughs> but it's just the sad reality of, of what happens to a person if, if their heart isn't into something, but they don't want to disappoint their parents. My mom came to visit. And when she came to visit, I was suspended. I didn't have the heart to tell her that I was suspended. And there was some other stuff going on in my life that I will leave for another episode that was, uh, I don't want to say chilling, but it wasn't great. And so when she came, she was there to help me through these, this bad time or, or rough time in my life. And to break the news to her that I was suspended for an entire semester would have just broken her heart completely. And so I was like, I just, I can't. So what did I do? Instead of manning up, which I should have, I went to the university and I went to specific classes. And in these classes, I went to these professors. And now granted, I'm suspended. I can't, I'm not eligible to be a student at University of North Texas. And not only am I not eligible, but I can't even transfer to community college because I took those short-term loans out. And the university was like, until you pay us $4,000, which to someone like myself at the time, might as well have been $100,000. They weren't going to let me transfer any of my transcripts. I remember, so so I did, in these times, I did have one class in, in each semester that I did go, that I did pass, that I did do great. And they were always liberal art classes, back core liberal art classes. And, but all the sciences and everything, which was majority of my classes, were the ones that I failed. I mean, completely failed or got D's in. And so I, I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything. So, so back to going to the university, going to these classes, meeting with these professors and telling these professors, could I please audit your, I, I would literally go up to a professor to one of the classes and, uh, and to, 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 to 12 credits, just so that I don't tell my mom that I got suspended for an entire year and my dad that I would that I wanted to audit their class and sit in their class and be a student so that I could prepare for next semester. And they all agreed. None of them said no. And so I would go to the university and I would go to these classes and I was learning like any other student with homework. And I remember I even bought textbooks out of my own pocket and was learning these classes without even being a student or being even being enrolled. I mean, the extent that I went to to hide this was phenomenal. It was more energy to do all that than to fess up and tell my family that I I messed up and maybe even convince my dad to let me change my my major without me having to go back to Jordan. So the beginning, I came in 2005 in October, so I didn't go to university until oh, January of 06. 06, I did bad, so the summer, fall of 06, I was suspended. And then I went to classes in the winter of 07, and then got suspended, and then went, you know, summer vacation, then got suspended from, from fall of 07 to the end of winter uh, or spring, I don't even know what they call it because it's a semester system, of 08. 
And like I said, you know, I, I didn't know what to do at this point. Now I had gone over four months, actually over six months without paying on my student loans. And I owed the university money. So I have just dug myself into this deep, deep hole that there is no way on my own could I have worked my way out of it. And so first, my loans all went into default with financial aid. And the university now won't let me register, won't let me go in until I pay them their short-term loans. And what the short-term loan was at the time is that they would give you the short-term loan until your financial aid would post. And the financial aid would cover it because sometimes it would take two and three weeks into the semester and the university wanted their money right away. And so it was just, that's how it was. And so I went to down there to register that when I took the short-term loans out and told them, hey, I want to take this money and my financial aid would cover it. But the financial aid never did come in. Like I didn't tell them that part. And so, so where am I at now? I am eligible to sign up for uh, for for UNT, but I can't because I got to pay them the four thousand dollars first. One, I can't get financial aid because the financial aid my loans are in default, so now I have to start paying them back and get on a rehabilitation program. And I have been suspended. I've spent almost two years wasting my time with maybe like twelve credits to my name, with like C's and I think one B. And stuck, absolutely stuck. So I needed a fresh start. I needed to do something different. My brother at the time was a federal prison guard here in Oregon. So I called up my brother. I said, hey, brother, will you let me come and stay with you? I want to I move out of Texas. I need a fresh start. I'm not doing good. I kind of kept it uh, real with him and said, I need, to, I need a fresh start. I need to go and do something new. And so he was like, sure, come on up. So actually he flew down, God bless him, and and helped me move. I All my stuff could fit in my car. It was closed and I sold everything off and just a few valuable things here and there, nothing big. And it all fit in the back seat and in the trunk of my car. And he flew down all the way from Oregon and we drove from Texas, Dallas, Texas to McMinnville, Oregon. Boom, I land in McMinnville, Oregon. Hang out with him for a couple months and everything. Now I needed to start getting back into school. They convinced me that community college was the way to go. So I registered at Chemeketa Community College in Salem. And they also had a branch in, uh, they also had a branch in McMinnville. A small one, but, they, but it worked. And so, but I still haven't changed my major. I still haven't realized why uh, or I'm sorry, I still haven't realized that I need to change my major. I still did not want to admit to my father and my mother that I could not do this pre-med stuff. So I registered and I had to start all over because University of North Texas would not release any transcripts of mine. Even though, like I said, I had like 12, I had like a whole semester or term uh, worth of credits that were eligible to be, you know, transferred. So I figured, you know, I won't take those specific classes until I could pay off that four grand and which that four grand became a problem for a very long time. And so I ended up staying with my brother for a while. I took like one or two classes. I had to pay out of pocket, took one or two classes here and there, did, did, did fairly well because I wasn't working, but I still was not able to pass the chemistry and biology. And man, you know, call me stubborn, but you know, I, sometimes I think back and I'm like, geez, like how much more do you need case? How much more did you need to realize that this is just not for you anymore? 
And so I'm like, no, I'm stubborn. I'm going to push through. I'm going to figure it out. So I go to Chemeketa. Now I moved to Salem. I moved out of my brother's house, moved to Salem like a year later. Uh, I'm taking one or two classes at most, and it's not working for me. But luckily, I was paying out of my own pocket. So if I failed, it, you know, nobody in this community college, you can just keep you can just keep going, I guess. I mean, I don't really I don't, I don't really know how I didn't get suspended from from Chemeketa. So I go there for like another two years. Same thing that's happened to me at University of North Texas where I'm just, I don't have the heart, my heart's not in it. And so I'm like, okay, so I move to Corvallis. I decide at this time, okay, I'm going to move to Corvallis. I'm going to get closer to OSU and I'm going to try my best to get in there. So I, I guess, I think, yeah, this is what happened. I pulled, I pulled it together. And I took some backcourt classes and I took some, some just like cardio conditioning classes and got my grades up to the point where I could get accepted into University of North, uh, I'm sorry, into Oregon State University. So I get to Corvallis, I sell my car because I had paid off. So, so during the time that I lived in Salem, I got on a rehabilitation program. God bless my mom. Mom, if you're listening out there, thank you so much. She came and visited me one more time after that. And she sat down with me and she's like, we need to figure this out. We need to get you back into, uh, get you back on financial aid. Cause at this time I had told her that, you know, I, I don't have financial aid anymore. And I went too long and this and that. And uh, long story short, she, we sat down together and we figured it out. And so we called this guy, Mr. Will. And I still remember him till today. And we you get on a rehabilitation program. And if you pay them so much for so long, uh, you end up you, you're able to be eligible for financial aid again. And so I did that. And so I ended up moving to Corvallis and I sold my car to pay off the remainder amount that I had left at um, University of North Texas. It was like $1,500 or $1,600, and I had paid off some throughout my time at working in Salem, and that's all I had, that's all I had left. And so I sold my car to do that and ended up getting accepted into Oregon State University the first time. And since I had so many back core classes, they did the dual enrollment, the the dual degree partnership or something like that. And I ended up going to LBCC. While I was at LBCC, the same thing happened a third time. It's like, wow, every time I go to a university or a college, I just can't seem to get over. I just can't seem to get over this biology and math and, and, and you know, and I would, and I'd get through some and couldn't get through others and struggling and C's and everything. And so finally, two years ago, I decided to call up my father and say, Dad, it's been so long, I can't do this anymore. At this point, it's been, it's been years, and I've never had the heart to tell you. At this time, I'm already married, and I have kids. I mean, it was time to just face it and change my degree to what I wanted it to be. So I finally manned up. And said, hey, dad, I want to be a PR. I want to be a public relations guy. I want to be a voice for a company in the future. I said to him, I could do enough good for the people being a public speaker of some sort that I could be in a doctor. And not necessarily be, I could work for a company. I could work for uh, the government. And I could do so. I could work for a hospital even, be in their PR. There's so many different options that I could take to do that and pursue that field. 
And so he's like, son, you know, do what you want. And it really was basically that simple. And I remember wanting to kick myself and say, dang, all these years. And he, that's all he said. I could have just told him this way long time ago. Now, if I had to repeat the whole process over again, I would. Because if I, if I altered it or I changed or I did something different, I, I wouldn't see my kids that I have right now. Something would have, different would have happened and I would have went down a different path. And the kids that I have that are my pride and joy, my everything, uh, I probably wouldn't have them. And or meet my wife, you know, who, there's a million other things that could have happened. So at LBCC, after the third time of not doing well, I finally decided that this is what I wanted to do. And I had passion for it. And boom, the success has been nonstop. It's crazy. I can't even believe it myself. At LBCC, boom, I started taking classes of things that I wanted to do in the uh, digital communications and communications in general, comm classes, boom, boom, boom. I'm knocking them out, getting A's and B's. I'm knocking out the ballpark. I mean, I went from C's and F's to A's and B's in one term. I couldn't believe it. And I kept going. And then I got accepted. Uh, I had to reapply at Oregon State University because it had been so long. I was taking part-time classes and I was failing some classes and some terms. I would have to bring up my GPA again. So I'd take these BS classes like cardio and weight training and, and just random stuff so that I could get easy A's and bring up my GPA. And so finally, once, like I said, once I decided I wanted to do a boom, 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 I'm knocking this stuff out left and right. Got accepted back here at Oregon State University, and this is my first term back. I got my AA at LBCC. I finished up my associate's degree. I took a year off because my wife had to graduate. She was also going to school, so she graduated. And then I came back to uh, Oregon State University at the beginning of this term, and here I am podcasting, telling you guys my journey of how I made it to Oregon State. So, um, you know, it's a, it a wild one. And, and, you know, what do I have to say to everybody out there who is just starting university and they're young and stuff? Listen, just remember, the partying, your friends, extracurricular activities, all that stuff isn't going anywhere. Okay, number one, you do what you have to do, work hard, get good grades, do what you have to do. And during the summer or during the breaks or maybe one weekend uh, a month or whatever, have your fun fun. Because honestly, the three different things that I've done from back then that I do now and that has helped me succeed now is these three things. One, I'm not here to socialize at Oregon State University. I'm here to network. I network harder than anybody I know. And I network at my job and I network here at the university, trying to meet people, learn new things, make connections. That's the key. One of the keys to success. A degree isn't necessarily going to guarantee you a job, but a degree and networking is going to get you a good job or People are going to stick their necks out there for you and vouch for you for jobs that you may want in the future. So that's number one. Switch it from socializing to networking. Okay? Just remember, you're here for a reason. Number two, extracurricular activities, whatever it is that you may partake in. You may be able to go to classes hungover or you may have smoked some weed and you're able to, you know, do, I'm not advocating for it, but you may be that type of person that, that, that can succeed. But I guarantee you that you will be a better version of yourself 
you will be a more successful version of yourself without it. Okay. I know that you can do what you want. We're here in America. We're free to do what we want. And you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, come on, Case. Like, what are you talking about? I know myself. You may be that person. But even if you are that person, you will be such a better person, such a much more successful person. If you were to not partake in these things, have a clear mind, be focused, stick to your path, remember what you're doing, and go for it. I promise you, the you if you're getting C's, you're going to get B's. If you're getting B's, you're going to get A's. If you're already getting A's, well, I guess you don't have much to worry about. Maybe you have some other aspect in your life that you could improve. Because extracurricular activities will bring you down one way or another. It will catch up to you. I'm not trying to preach, I swear to you. I'm just trying to tell you the difference between the old case and the new case. And the old case was not successful, and the new case is. And this whole podcast has me been telling you how I needed to kind of man up and talk to my, my family. You know, we co I come from a multicultural background. And in the Middle East, you know, everybody, they send their kids here to be doctors and engineers and dentists and, and nuclear scientists. And, you know, because what's the point of going and taking a normal degree that you could get over there? People send their kids to the United States to get the best of the best degrees. But if your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it. When you go through rough times and you go through stressful moments, you're not going to be saying, okay, well, this is just one more obstacle I got to get through. It's not a, it's not a challenge. It's a burden. You know, I go through classes now. I went through a class just now, uh, last term that was, a, was, a, was a challenge. The, the workload was massive and I worked my butt off and still only was able to get a B. I mean, I got A's in the rest of my classes, but this particular class that I worked the hardest at only got a B. But you know what? I did it because it's part of the path. It's part of the route to my ultimate success. Okay? That's number two. Number three is, is probably the most important of it all. Do what you want to do. Don't do something because you want to get more money. Don't pursue a degree or a career because you think that's what society wants you to do or that's what your family wants you to do. Pursue something that you have a passion for. Because like I said just now, if you don't have a passion for it, when you come when you face challenges, they're not challenges. They're not they're not challenges that you can overcome and look back and say, "Wow, I really got through that." They're they're burdens. They're the whole time you're like, why am I doing this? I don't need this in my life. What is this going to benefit me? I've never had to use this equation. And you come up with a million reasons as to why you don't need this, and just that negative, that that, that pessimistic view or that negativity will bring you down. It won't make you go early to the library. Maybe some people are like that, but for me, if you're like me, I just have to say, you know, stick to something you love doing, even if it's art. Even if it's as simple as whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not dogging art. I think art's great. I think people make a lot of money, but always the people that make a lot of money are always the people who are most passionate about what they do because the hard times are challenges. They're, they're, they're part of the path. And then once they get there, they say, wow, look at that hard work that I did. Look at all what I've learned. Look at all what I've succeeded at. And here I am the best and the money will follow. So to wrap it all up, remember three things. One, turn your socializing into networking. And if you do want to socialize, keep it to a minimum. 
Two, keep your extracurricular activities till after you graduate, till after you've worked hard. Three, pursue what your passion is. Do what you love to do. So I hope you guys enjoyed the story of my path from high school and I'm in Jordan to Texas to here at Oregon State University, where Orange Media Network has provided all these resources and is so amazing to us students to allow us to be able to pursue stuff that we are passionate about and give us the resources as well as the entire university. I mean, this whole university is constantly trying to give us stuff that help us pursue a career and make us successful. Once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The One Man Show. Big shout out to Orange Media Network for all what they do. Everybody behind the scenes, thank you guys for listening to episode three. Next week is the beginning of episodes that I enjoy talking about, where I'm going to be putting on my goggles, where I'm going to be giving quotes of the day, where I'm going to be talking about stuff that I'm passionate about, that matter to me, and I'm going to work inward and work my way out. Things that matter to me the most from deepest in my soul all the way out to stuff that's in the daily news. Next week's going to be a guest speaker, Dr. Yusuf Wanley. He is an expert in theology and historical narratives. We're going to be talking about religion and what it means to be Muslim in America and a series of questions. Thank you guys for tuning in to the one man show. Keep believing in yourself and I'll see you next week.